Player Profiler and our podcast network is super resource intensive, and we rely on premium subscriptions to the website playerprofiler.com to keep the engine running. Go there, sign up for our player rankings, Dynasty Deluxe, DFS package, or go all in. Those that subscribe are everything to us. Hi, and welcome to the Deep End, Tuesday, November 28th. 2023 on to week 13 in the NFL. That's playoff time in some high stakes leagues, close to playoff time for most everyone else. Mike Schopen, Evan Prottwurst here. We'll take a quick look at the deep end invitational standings. Not much has changed. We will then talk about some playoff strategy for our friends in the high stakes world, FFPC playoffs. Uh, There's a lot to figure out in some of these leagues if you were lucky enough to make it. And then also our usual team-by-team roundup going into week 13. Six teams on bye, some interesting situations, and a new and not good injury announcement reveal from uh, (laughs) earlier today. Mike and Adam, thanks for joining us. This is The Deep End. Yeah, injuries abound, and um, you know, last last night is like the first night and the only night that I really do it all year where I stay up to like, because I want to see everything turn over. Like, did I make the playoff? Like, I counted each number, but was I off by a half a point? Like, just let's see if I got into the playoffs. Around uh, 1 a.m., everything really started to roll in and be finalized. So I was last night was a late night, but a uh, exciting one. I love that. Yeah, I mean, I, you would. <laughs> I, I have a good enough mind, but reading comprehension has never been my strong suit. So what I do is, you know, it's numerous teams where you're trying to figure out, OK, but do I have the points lead? But then this person, how, how safe is my lead? How big is the margin? And I just end up going over and over and over and over that, you know, just mindlessly almost sometimes not, you know, not productively. Just forever. Like, I can't remember if my team, the decorative pickles, has the points lead or who are we playing and can anybody catch me? And then you get to today if you make it, which that team did, I'm happy to say. And then you figure out, okay, well, there are so many things. How much money do I have? You know, uh, how much money do my three league opponents have uh, for these two weeks of bidding? Because bidding is only, it's limited to the teams that qualified at this point. Did my team qualify for the 15 to 17 weeks sprint, the playoffs, the the championship round? If I did, then maybe my strategy is different uh, than if I hadn't. I mean, I'm I'm not trying to rush through all these. There's so much in this this way, and we all could probably learn a lot from you in terms of like how you look at these teams once they've made it and what are the key things you're looking for. Well, that's like today is is nice because – you get to eliminate. Well, unfortunately, you get to eliminate like you know a very high percentage of your of your of your teams now, and really focus on because you know, growing up in fantasy, you used to let the part of the fun was is drafting it and then and then babying it through the year and and loving it and nurturing it. Well, when you're in high stakes and when you're in high volume, you don't really get to do that except for maybe your highest stakes team. So now you can kind of lock into um, the players that you really need. Uh, with whatever teams have ad- ad- advanced. Unfortunately, I have two big ones with Jonathan Taylor, but we'll get we'll, we'll get to that. And then um, I always like to be interested in look at, this probably isn't super helpful, but I like to look at the teams that just missed out 
I'm looking at um, – I did really well, actually, this year in the fantasy pros. I got five of, of 11 teams through. Oh, good. Um, so I thought that was that was pr- pretty nice. And I was only expecting to get three or four. So be able to see – you know, that, that game last night was so bad as far as, like, fantasy, what people needed. Like, I had a team that got through – I was up 16 and I was facing like Dobbs and um, uh, maybe a running back. And they only got like 12 or 14. I never thought I was going to win that one. So it's fun to go through and look. I had one team that was a fifth place team, finished one out of the money um, in fantasy pros uh, and eight and four. That's the cruel thing about a lot of these leagues, man. Like it's eight and four, but it didn't score. Only had 1,562 points, which is not a lot. But That's my team that with you and I share, I think maybe. Um, no, but I can, I can look at that one too. That oh, one is that, that team was also eight and four, I believe. That one was eight and four with 1523. Yeah. And mine almost was the same, mm-hmm. almost the same. Yep. Um, and you know, they don't deserve to, d- to get through based on scoring, but man, it'd be nice to get through with an eight and four record, uh, every, every now and then. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. It's a, it's, it's a wild night. And now you can really lock into, I never do waivers Tuesday morning this week with being able to nurture those teams. And now I might have to go back through with the uh, Colts news. Yeah, eight and four and a miss. You got to be careful how you how you say it, because like, well, I had a team that was eight and four, but we only had this many points. That team wasn't good, right? Right. Like it's it's, yeah. it's in golf when somebody will tell you, well, I shot an eighty-seven, but I had a nine. No, no, no. no. <laughs> There's no but. You had an 87. 87. That was your score. That is what it is. And, you know, players that we interact with, they know what that means. You know, we had a low-scoring team, that deep-end duo team, but still had a look at it. Just like our main event team, uh, which unfortunately did not get there either, had a look at it based on record, but never on points. And you just it, – it's hard to keep that up. You know, it's hard to it's hard to keep winning when you really don't have have the goods. Uh, so unfortunately that team fell short too, but I, I did, I also spent time on waivers today. I sometimes will do it on Tuesday morning, but I, a lot of what I was focused on, like I mentioned earlier is how much fab do I have? And then who's, who's around me. I have a, a fantasy pros playoff where the team finished as the two and the team at three is, uh, just destroyed by this week, 13 by week schedule. Like there's just, but he has the most, he or she has the most money by a lot. So, you know, in Fantasy Pros, you don't win a dime if you didn't get top two and right. you lose this week. Yeah. Like, it's over. So, that that player, like, if that's me, I could even overhaul the whole thing because yep. I've got nothing else to do, but the team isn't necessarily that great. And, you know, could you ever cut somebody like Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson, you know, one of these quarterbacks on by? Probably not. But you know, depending on what waivers looks like, you could get get super aggressive. And in this case, as that player's opponent, I, I don't have the money to do much about it, but I can try to outbid the third place guy or the fourth place guy strategically. I have teams with two kickers and two defenses. I want to make sure I've got the insurance, but I think I might cut one of my kickers or defenses this week and then get back to it next week, even if I lose. This week, if the team is qualified, you just keep going. That's right. So, you know, there's so many different ways to play it. And the format is so great. I mean, if your team was eight and four and finished 10th in points, you don't belong in, in yeah. this, I feel anyway. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And it's fun. Like, like I said, I've got, I've got two out of those five teams. I have two ones, a two, 
and then a three and a four. So like the ones and the two, I'm looking forward to. Obviously, you want to have a lineup and all that, but I'm like, look, I'm getting my defenses set for the three week race and all that type of stuff. I one of them is a Josh Allen team. Um, I'm lucky enough to maybe have Sam Howell on that team, so I'll be okay. But you go on waivers, like even if you wanted to move off of some of these quarterbacks, um, like I've got one where I got to start Geno Smith. Like, like well, who am I going to add? Bryce Young. Like he might not have a job in two weeks. Like, so it's just, it's just hard. Like, I don't want to start Gino either. Um, but yeah, it's just hard because with the way the waivers work, if you if a player's dropped after week 10, you can't add them again. So there's, you know, even if you want to move on from guys, it's just, especially at quarterback, there's just no starters available. Gino Smith Thursday night at Dallas, by the way, uh, the, the only name for that, that question to me that was probably available is Browning. They yep. play Monday night in Jacksonville, but like even Aiden O'Connell is on by. You don't know what the Patriots are doing. You really don't know Giants are on by too. I mean, so many teams that like we talked about some last week really just you can't trust Cleveland. You know, like who's going to start? You just Jets. You just don't know. So right. you uh, end up making an uncomfortable move there. Well, anything else on this? As far as last night goes, I was texting you about it. My friend Mike and I had a team that was in. I guess, I mean, I don't know if you need to tell the whole thing, but we needed 26 from Dobbs and Hawkinson oh. to win our game, which put us would have put us in first. And had we lost that game because of who we were playing, we would have finished like a three seed. So we were in the playoffs, but first and second is a big difference. I mean, you're you're through automatically with a chance to make that money. And we went out to watch this game together. Like it's the last oh, nice. week of the yeah. season and we sit down at a bar for Dobbs and Hawkinson and I me mean, it was four picks in, in what by the three at halftime or four at halftime like he was negative for the first hour and Hawkinson <laughs> hadn't caught a pass so we're sitting here needing 26 points and it's 10 o'clock and we're at we now we need 28 or something it was, it was so bad so we left and Hawkinson started to get some cheapies yeah and then late in the game he caught one to get them you know inside the 20 and I you know, he and I, my friend and I had given up on communicating for the night, but I texted him right there. I said, I think a Hawkinson TD, depending on yardage, might get us there. And he scored on that play. It was like a 17-yard oh, touchdown. Spoiler, I'm sorry if I'm telling you, <laughs> telling anybody what happened in this game. They lost, but he, he scored on that play, and we won by a point and a half or something. Oh, like that. Incre- so, incredible stuff. Um, looking over rosters, maybe just kind of continuing on this topic, are you so we talk all preseason about like hey you know we want to avoid especially in this in the maybe the fantasy pros format where there's no money to third or fourth place do we want to avoid these week 13 and week 14 buys because you really they're so important as i'm in you know i'm just looking at the teams that are through um you know i've got a team that i don't have fields i don't have james cook you know some stuff like that but i feel like i've got you know kyron and sam howell to throw to, to throw in there i don't feel as as bad um, as maybe you might have at the, at the beginning of the year thinking, thinking forward. And like we talked about in the, over the summer, the team that you're playing probably has guys on by, maybe you're playing against a Josh Allen team or a Lamar team or a, you know, a heavy bill stack or a heavy Raven stack where it's like, okay, well they got through two and they're crippled also. Um, you know, so maybe like, like I got a team I'm playing against that the guys got Saquon and Jonathan Taylor now. And it's like, One's on a buy, one might not play. It's like you got there, you're a three or a four seed, but now 
you know, it could be an absolute mess and could be a waste. What are your kind of vibes as you're looking at that, that all this stuff? Well, that's where finishing top two in the fantasy pros makes all the difference uh, because you don't have to sweat it so badly. I mean, you're in trouble if you're having these bye week problems in week 13, but you're not, you're not, it's not over for you right. because you'll have weeks 15 and on. And another team, like in the situation I described earlier, we're talking about they have to win this week or it's over. So, you know, I don't like caring about it too much. Like 95% at least, I don't care about the bye weeks when I'm drafting because A, you like Kyron Williams in your case, you expect to be, you know, deft enough to fill it in. And you're cognizant of that week and the bye weeks ahead in the playoffs. You're, you're sort of processing everything. So you can come up with plan B, plan C, et cetera. And maybe it's too minor of a point, but if my team that didn't care about it's got a bunch of week 13 buys is in trouble this week. Well, I've theoretically gotten one more week out of all these guys this year than you have with your team that, have, right. that wouldn't draft guys because of the week 13 buy. So, I mean, Justin Fields got hurt. That happens, of course, but I got a full season. I got one more week of points out of those guys than somebody who looked at it differently. Uh, yeah. Again, I think that's a, a, a minor thing, but it can be said. I, I, I don't want to... Um, Take, we, it's so far off, you know, if, if week three or something were the most critical week, then maybe it would be different. But so many things are going to change by week 13 that I really don't care about the yeah. bye week at all. Yeah. And so in fantasy pros, yes, uh, top two get through to weeks 15 through 17, the championship sprint. Uh, the teams that didn't get the teams that finished third and fourth in your league. And if those teams lose this week, that's it. League playoffs, first prize is fifteen hundred bucks. Uh, second prize is five hundred. You know, it's not bad. Third prize is you're fired. Main event, though, <laughs> you you win this week, you're guaranteed. But wherever you finished, I mean, it's the same first part where the top two go through automatically. But if you win this week in the main event playoffs, you're guaranteed a main event entry next year. And, you know, a couple thousand dollars more, potentially, if you end up t choosing that option. So, um, I mean, they're, they're both big, but main event at least offers you, like, some real some real juice here going into the league playoffs. And, yeah, it's that they – and they offer you that that, that third-place price, right? Like, like, right, like 500. You know, like mm -hmm. that, that could be – and that's a, something that we talked about we've we've had Alex on the show uh Kaganowski, one of the uh owners and founders of FFPC is having that third place prize I think for FFPC for the fantasy pros for the mid stakes I think would be would be awesome now again what what are you asking for are you asking for 250 bucks or something or maybe your money back but you know that's that's yeah we can say that but it's you know 350 dollars times you know a thousand like it's not it's not chump change uh, to to them either. So, but it would be nice as far as ROI for all these teams, man, that finish maybe third or fourth or, or, um, or even teams that are awesome. And again, there's luck involved and there's bad. If you, if you finish as the top, what as the number one seed and you don't, you know, you don't make any money, you, you lose this week and you lose next week. Well, now you won no money in your league and you go to, and, and you know how the three week race is. It's all, you know, to, to crapshoot against a bunch of other really good teams. So you could really make $0 and have really good teams going into it. So um, that's where like it all, this is all that matters right now. Like these next two, these next two weeks are big. These next three, four, five weeks are, 
are just everything. So, so good. I mean, it's of course fun to win money, but the, the strategy of all this is so interesting just itself. Like I just, I love right now in, in fantasy football, yes. yeah, except sure. for the teams that, that blew it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're just mad. How did, how did, how did this happen? Like our, our couple teams there that we've talked about. Okay. All right. Let's go through the league here and hopefully give some uh, useful advice and analysis. Team by team is next. First, Mike and Adam here in the deep end. Now a word from our sponsor. Hey, we're all starting new fantasy leagues all the time. And more often than not, where do we start our fantasy leagues at Player Profiler? On Sleeper. Because it's the best. You can imagine my excitement when I saw Sleeper rolled out Slay picks, baby. And game stacking is the path to positive returns with these pick'em games. Find that sneaky shootout, set most of the players to go over their projection for that week. Or you find a game going to get dragged into the mud and take every member of the passing game for less than their projections that week. And if you pick up to eight, that's how you 100x your payout on Sleeper. It's called the Hail Mary. So if you use promo code Underworld, you get a $100 instant deposit match. Check out Sleeper's terms and conditions for details. These Sleeper picks are live in over 25 states. Yeah, buddy. Here we go. I mean, a lot of these teams are on buys. We've mentioned six teams this week, starting with Buffalo, AFC East, Bills, another maddening loss. They're the best 6-6 team ever. The team a couple of years ago was the best six-loss team ever, point differential. The 2004 Bills were the best team ever to miss the playoffs. What else do you need? Um, <laughs> Gabe Davis. I mean, Gabe Davis is still Gabe Davis. He still exists, at least. You know, you have some zero at a zero week, and just, it's quiet sometimes. But um, could be an interesting guy to have, Adam, um, if you try to get different here if you make once you make the sprint. Yeah, the, their offense looks fantasy – you know, I, I could talk about the Bills all day, but fantasy-wise, their offense looks back. Even Josh said last week, like, he was fired up during the Jets game saying he feels like he's back. He's certainly back. Um, Gabe Davis, I said, bench him everywhere against the Jets. I said, start him as much as you could this week. Um, you know, shootouts are great for, for for Gabe Davis. So, you definitely, he could be an interesting piece down the stretch uh, for sure. And also watching, too, to see if Josh Allen can be the QB one for the fourth year in a row in points per game, you know, that'd be a really cool feat for him to, to have and to kind of go down in, in uh, fantasy football lore. You could talk about the bills all day. I should try that. That's right. That'd be fun. <laughs> it's fun sometimes, but now everybody wants the coach fired and it's just monotonous. Not, not as interesting yeah. as, uh, as it could be, but that's, that's my job to <laughs> tweak Buffalo at Kansas city. In week 14, nobody in NFL playoff history has had a better game as a receiver than Davis in the Bills' fateful loss there in 2021. Miami, we mentioned the last couple of weeks, Jeff Wilson. Don't forget about Wilson, even though there's so many other players uh, in the Dolphin mix there in the running back. He's a great stash, and we saw him get plenty of usage here. We'll see if HN is back there in Washington this week, but you got to want to have Wilson around if you can afford it. Definitely got to have him around. I mean, he's no... You know, he's no uh, HAN, he's no um, Moster, but he's close. He's, he's, he's been there before. He knows, knows the offense. They always get two bags. He didn't have any type of a smash. I think it was 11 fantasy points, which sometimes is, is fine. Right? And your RB2 spot, man, give me those 11 and kind of and move on. So, uh, yes, you certainly want him. And if, if HAN is out again, um, 
you could certainly start Jeff Jeff Wilson this week in a pinch, especially with the, with all the bye weeks, like you said, and the injuries. I'm always excited starting any Dolphins player. I always think that they can score at any moment or or just get heavily involved. So um, yeah, start start Jeff Wilson. Raheem Mostert did not have a great game. I mean, it looked like kind of a bust in, well into the second half against the Jets, but he gets in twice yep. and s- saves his day there, and that was uh, much needed because many of us have ridden Mostert here toward the playoffs. We'll see what happens now, though, because it has looked at times like he might be wearing out. He's older. A lot of yeah. people have, have said the same thing. New England, I just wonder how you feel about Ramondre Stevenson here. I mean, it's a lost season, but their game Sunday, they lost 10-7, to 7, and Stevenson was RB7 for the week in the league. Like, there's some life with him. Um, do you want to start Stevenson? Do you feel like you have to? What's your look at it? It's probably a little bit of both. I mean, Snap share 78%, rush share 68%. I mean, he's out there a bunch. He's a, you know, he's a he's got that spike week upside of uh there when he can get all of those all those catches. He's for a big guy, a big playability. We saw it against against the Bills. Um, so so yeah, no, I, I'm fine starting him. Obviously, you're never gonna love the game script because I don't think they're ever gonna be a favorite. Um, although they might have been against against the Giants, but I don't think they're ever gonna be a favorite like the rest of the year. They might have a Jets game still on the on the schedule, but um, but yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm fine starting him. I think they were getting points against the Giants. Uh, three and a half, maybe. Maybe that went the other way. I forget. I think they're about a six-point underdog this week at home against the Chargers, which says a lot. Right. The Jets, I mentioned Mostert in that Black Friday game. Same for Garrett Wilson. <laughs> it, it's uh, it's stressful with, with these guys. But Wilson, I want to keep, keep hoping and, and starting him. Stressful is the great way to put it, but with him and Brees Hall, you know, you mm-hmm. got, obviously got you got to start those guys. Brees Hall gets there on receiving usually because uh, there's just no running lanes. The offensive line isn't very good. Teams are stacking the box against the worst quarterback play you've ever seen. So, um, so yeah, you're start you're starting to get Garrett Wilson. You're starting Brees Hall and hoping that one of these touches that they can they can take it to the house. Right, Hall, Wilson, and Mostert on the other side in a game where it looked like all was lost. They all ended up total of four touchdowns uh, between those guys. AFC North, Baltimore is on by. Zay Flowers, the wide receiver, seven in week 12. Keaton Mitchell, more t- more touches too. I mean, we're kind of rolling along here, nine and three in the one seed in the AFC. Interesting schedule for Baltimore. Out of the bye, they have the Rams at Jacksonville on a Sunday night, at San Francisco on a Monday night, Miami. And then Pittsburgh in Week 18, very interesting team. I love it. I love that the, the the players on that team. I've got a lot of Zay. I got a lot of J.K. Dobbins. Can I say his name? I got a lot of uh, Lamar, Lamar Jackson. But it's fun. They're usually in a lot of these shootouts at the end of the year. Sunday night was a fun game. I'm watching the game. I'm thinking it's over. I got Zay in a big. Uh, can I say FFWC league? And uh, was down by down by four. And bang, a rushing touchdown out of nowhere. We'll take it. That's the type of upside that this offense has. Explosiveness, more to kind of more more for Zay, more for more for Lamar. Um, interesting about Edwards. He's kind of going down. Our boy Keaton Mitchell in playing time is is getting up and up more and more every single week. So that's good for the Keaton Mitchell owners. Not so great for the Gus Edwards guys. It's almost like Gus Edwards is just in there now for straight short yardage and goal line work, right? Which he's been very very good at. So. Um, I think the arrow's up for Keaton Mitchell, arrow's up for Zay Flowers uh, with Andrews out, and uh, the pass game schedule down the stretch, like you said, looks looks very good. 
just it's just not hitting with Jackson though in fantasy. I mean, too many weeks sure. where it's twelve points, this one too, and there's turnovers often, and it's kind of just disappointing. You don't see him get out. You see Justin Fields get out last night. Like that's what it's that's what it looks like. That's what it looked like with Lamar Jackson when he was, you know, three years ago or so. But rarely this year have we really seen him. I mean, teams are certainly prepared for him at this point, but I don't know. Some something has been different for a couple of years. I think on Jackson. Maybe he's bigger. I, I don't know what it is. Less reluctant, more reluctant to run. I've, I've never um, sort of subscribed to a theory, but eye test something. Something there is just not the same. Uh, Cincinnati, Jamar Chase, four for eighty-one in their game against Pittsburgh with Jake Browning. It's a wide receiver three. Do you have to play Jamar Chase? Oh man, unfortunately, yeah. I mean Higgins is coming back. No, you definitely do not have to play T, T- Higgins. In fact, I think I have a league. That's very important, and I don't think I am playing T. Higgins. Chase, I mean, he had, what, one, maybe two catches last week on deflections where he luckily caught caught the ball. I mean, he's so good, but some of these quarterbacks are so bad. And um, But I think you still do have to start him now to maybe get you through. Now, if it's, we're talking three-week race, and you're really looking for that 30- or 40-point game to win it all, maybe you can afford uh, benching him because maybe everyone else won't. That is Monday night at Jacksonville, which will make Higgins really a, a tough puzzle uh, if yeah. his status is in doubt. You know, there's certainly um, arguments against playing him, like you said. Cleveland, David Njoku is having a nice season. All the quarterback turmoil with the Browns. Tight end nine in points per game. Backup quarterbacks not killing him. So at least you've gotten a, a good season out of Njoku, which we've been waiting for. Consistency for, for a few years. Yeah, you said it earlier, cheapies. When it comes to a lot of the tight end position, man, especially in tight end premium, if you can, those cheapies are gold, man. Those little three yard out routes, like even when they're tackled immediately, you absolutely love it. And that's what he's been getting. He's been kind of a target monster there, double digit points again. Um, and he has a great matchup with the Rams this week as far as tight end production. They're number 29 against tight end. So fire up and joke. I mean, unless you got like a, uh, especially there's some, there's some tight ends on by. I know Kincaid's on by. He's been, he's been doing really well as, as of late. But unless you maybe have like Kelsey or Kittle or Laporta, I could see starting Njoku over everybody else. Another one of those guys in that mix might be Pat Fryermuth, who had a big game for Pittsburgh. Of all the skill guys with the Steelers, thinking Najee Harris, Warren, Deontay Johnson, Pickens, and Fryermuth, who's the one you're happiest right now to have on your roster? It's interesting you say that. Like Fryermuth was a guy that was dropped in some spots on, on on waivers maybe a couple of weeks ago. Teams that maybe needed to move on. I mean, in time premium, I would never move on from a from a guy that you pick in the top ten rounds that's on the IR. I mean, he's he's coming back. So Fryermuth's a guy that I like seeing because I picked him up in, in in Kentucky in a league. I picked him up in the FFPC in a league. So when I go and I see him, I'm like, oh sweet, you know, especially new new play callers, and they immediately force feed Frymuth. The ball. I mean, he's a really good tight end. So he's the guy for me that I find that I'm most excited about. I'll say Warren, but they're all pretty much the same for me. Like, do I have to start this guy? And I'm not sort of the the chorus that always just tells you how much better Jalen Warren is than Najee Harris. I mean, I can only take so much of that. They're yeah. completely different levels of prospects. Harris is now kind of underrated, I think. But again, the, the RB two point you made about Jeff Wilson, like if you had to start Jalen Warren, okay. Right. And they are they are a five and a half point favorite this week at home against Arizona. If they win, they'll be eight and four. Pittsburgh. 
the, the Bills and the Bengals have ruined the AFC playoff picture. We're looking at the Steelers and the Browns. It looked like it was just a dream season in the conference. For the matchups are going to be insane. And I got Minshew in now and Chargers too. Chargers, Chargers too. Yeah. Stroud isn't even in right now. Like just it, it's it's got to change, Adam. It's got to change. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Stroud, Houston, the receivers are great. Uh, Devin Singletary getting targets in this game against Jacksonville. Always in Buffalo, you know, argue, you and I argued about his quality. He was never a receiving threat. I mean, PFF rated him the worst running back in the league one year in receiving. But Houston is really leaning on him. They are, and it's it's working for them. It's clicking. I mean, he's get he's 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 getting the work. I mean, this Houston team is just fun. I mean, I was talking uh, with Jack. He's my co-host on uh, my uh, full time fantasy po- podcast, and he was talking about like is Tank Dell uh, a, a one two turn pick next year? I'm like, oh, first of all, don't even start talking about next year. And second of all, don't start slandering my guy Nico Collins. Okay, I love. I love Nico Collins, but they're, they're, it's like a perfect fit. Nico's the outside alpha size, speed. You got Tank Dow, the quick. I mean, they're they're fun. Um, Stroud looks poised. He's always poised. He's always with his eyes down the downfield. So um, I love this team. Um, I wish they had a first round pick for their sake next season. But um, but yeah, no, I, I think I think you're starting all these guys moving forward, including including Singletary because uh, he's been the guy even with. Um, even with Pierce back, one two turn. I so, know that, it was a little crazy. He Stroud, Stroud's leading. We have, we have a top ten team in the FFWC. I'll just say it. So uh, right now, overall, so and he's on Stroud's on that team. So you know he's 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 loving the whole Texans offense right now. Two three turn maybe. Right. I, yeah. You know. I mean, I, I don't think he's the best receiver on it. I mean, you might have a. Like an Eagles, AJ Brown, um, Devonta Smith's situation, so something like that. I would rather have Dell than Collins. I think Dell is better than Collins. Ooh. Um, sorry, <laughs> I could be wrong. Indianapolis. So this morning we heard Jonathan Taylor injured his thumb, oh. and the way Ian Rappaport worded it, his status going forward is in doubt. Like, uh oh, what is that going to do? It's not in doubt for week thirteen. It's in right. doubt going forward. There's another injury. We've had a lot of these this year. I don't remember this happening very often before where you don't even know of the injury until the middle of the next week. And then suddenly it's happened with Achan. Like he had a huge game and then he went to IR, right? Yep. Like we didn't, we didn't even know what, what's going on with that. So I don't know if that means anything, but it's frustrating when you come out of the week as a fan and a player, you think you're all set. And then suddenly, well, maybe not. So we are recording today. Uh, middle of the day, we've just heard the Taylor news, and maybe there's something different on this uh, by the time you're watching or listening, but at least it's a concern right now. For sure. And listen, I think I'm just thankful that they told us today and not like Thursday or Friday (laughs) after the first wait. Not that there's a lot of help you can really get from the waiver run this week, anyways, but um, but yeah, and didn't happen with Taylor before where like he got like hurt during the game and then. He didn't really play the second half of a game, maybe, and then you find out midweek. Jackson, maybe, yes, you know, yes. Uh, but yeah. So you're way better at this stuff with the with the with the, the the posts and the tweets and who's reliable and what reading between the lines. Like that's the whole thing. It's his, his status moving forward. Like that's the horrifying. Are you going to put him on IR again? Like four weeks? Like they're in a playoff hunt. 
it's really, really scary because I got, I have a 5k that's cruising with Jonathan Taylor. And I have the one main event team I got through. That's got a buy top two seed, not out of buy, but they're already through and it's got Jonathan Taylor on it. So I'm just crossing my fingers, man. It's a thumb injury. Would that necessarily be like a multi-week injury for a running back? I would, uh, if it's broken, maybe, but I think like a sprain, you could just like, uh, people have played with sprained thumbs before. I think broken's a different story, but ah, uh, just tape it up and let's go. Let's go, Jacksonville. I drafted him a lot. We've talked about him. You tend, tend to give me credit for Travis Etienne sometimes. I, I I have a very uneasy feeling. I have had an uneasy feeling about Etienne. This game against Houston, they're lining up fourth and goal at the one. I'm like, just don't give it to Etienne. I'm I need his points. I feel like. I, I should want them to do it, but like he, there's no way he's going to score. It's a pitch play, and he just yeah. he just swallowed up. Yeah. Um, I, my one main event team that's through with Louis G is super good. Taylor is on it too, actually, but ETN has been a big cog on that team, and the team is very deep. Last week, I just didn't really want to play him. Um, I don't know. Should I get over myself here when it comes to him and just go with it? I mean, he's probably like a top – across all sites, he's going to be projected to be a top five guy this this week. Who do they have? Bengals. Bengals, yeah. I mean, they could they could run away with that with that game at home against the Bengals. No pun intended, run away with the game. But, yeah, I mean, you're going to start him. He's, he hasn't been awesome the last co- couple of weeks compared to, like, how he was at the beginning of the year. So, plus, Dearness Johnson is kind of getting a little bit more than you would like. Uh, as an, as an ETN owner, but I think I think it'll be fine. They're they're really good. They're they're kind of especially with all the teams kind of in the AFC kind of falling off. I think you'll be happy to have him down in down the stretch. Johnson looks good too, and they they are giving him work. So um, I wouldn't think that that would necessarily change. But ETN is still getting work too. He, he went out of that game as well against Houston, and then went back in with a, a chest injury. They said Tennessee. I don't want to spend much time on Tennessee. Very low ceiling on everybody except Derrick Henry. Henry can get there for you like last week, but just continues to be really low ceiling on the Titans otherwise. Yeah, and that was just a matchup. Like they had a really good matchup going into the week. You knew Derrick Henry was going to kind of go off. He he, he eats in those matchups. But other than that, you don't really uh, like in anything else. They have the Colts this week, by the way, uh, Tennessee. AFC West, Denver wins again at Houston this week. Against the Browns, 134 passing yards. Nobody with more than three catches. Javante Williams, 10 PPR points. Maybe the matchup will turn things up for the Broncos. They're in it. They've been on a winning streak here, and still waiting to see if there's maybe some smash potential in their passing game, but doesn't not really happening too often. Sutton a couple times. Yeah, they're, they're in it. They got a nice matchup against Houston this week, 20th against running backs in fantasy, so... Um, a game that m- might even shoot out. Javante catches the ball a little bit too, you know, averaging around three catches a game. So it'd be nice to to I got a team, couple teams with Javante that got got through. It'd be nice to see him get going. I think they want him to to, to get going. So I think um, he could he could have a big game this this week. That main event team I mentioned is Etn, Jonathan Taylor, Javante Williams, Mostert, and HN. Ooh, and like beautiful pick pick two right, and yeah. the receivers are. Lamb, Garrett, Wilson, Debo, somebody else good. Like, it's just uh, not an easy team to start, you know, lineups, but it's a good problem. That's right. Um, Kansas City, one of those guys that's, that's come on is Rashi Rice. Finally, he they used him. They used him. Justin Watson gets in the end zone again early in the game, too. Like, oh, man, he's going to smash. And he, his only catch of the game, I think, was that three- or four-yard 
touchdown, which stinks, but uh, he might be their red zone guy. I mean, he's scored two or three games in a row now from inside the, the, the red zone there. So I think they really like, it's definitely three because he score by week, touchdown, touchdown. So um, you could start him in a pinch if you needed to over even a guy like T Higgins or something like, like that. But yes, Rashi Rice getting involved as, as, as well. Um, everyone has that kind of upside every week. Not everyone. Those two guys do. Kelsey's obviously still the guy there. 24-18 is the implied game script, the implied score for their Sunday night game at Green Bay. You might want to check weather uh, on Green Bay as it will be December by Sunday night. I'm not sure what it is, but 24 points for the Chiefs against the Packers. I feel like first instinct on that is that it's low, Yeah, surprisingly. Uh, Vegas, I mean, they have not scored a lot this year. I'm aware of that. Vegas, early action in that game. You just mentioned uh, for Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers as well. You see what the Raiders are trying to do. I mean, they could not get there against Kansas City, but trying to feed Adams. They're not throwing to Jacobs now. It seems pretty obvious what the Raiders are going for by week this week. Yeah, by week this week. Not good for, you know, Adams and Jacobs owners. I mean, Myers has kind of been out of He had a good game last week scored, but he's kind of been the odd man out since Garoppolo went, went you know, got benched or went down or whatever. So, um, yeah, they're not – the upside hasn't been there really. I mean, we've been talking about Adams all all season. It's just that that smash upside's kind of gone as far as all those receivers taking it the one-two turn. Maybe him and Garrett Wilson might be the two that just uh, week in and week out just don't have that massive ceiling. The Chargers are steaming toward a coaching change. Austin yeah. Eckler, just a sad season. Not throwing to him as often. He's fumbling now. Are you worried about Eckler? Sort of. This is it. Yeah, sure. I mean, he's 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 up there in in, in age. Um, he's up there in touches the last couple of years. He's under he's undersized. They're not going to throw him the ball, you know. Which was interesting because you always you didn't really know. There was always that question mark. What would happen um, with the new with the new offensive coordinator when he came in? And maybe he's going to take over as, as as the coach. Who know who knows. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, he's normally, he's a lock to be him and Christian McCaffrey the last two years. I've been like, those, those are the top, top, top two guys. And now, um, he's kind of drifting, um, in kind of the, 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 the projections and, uh, you're not as excited to start him as maybe you, you once were. Kellen Moore, who came from Dallas, we moved to Dallas here. Dallas is rolling. Uh, even Brandon cooks. Now their implied yeah. total on Thursday night against Seattle is 27 and a half against the Seahawks in that one just wheels up everywhere. Yeah. Brandon cooks is a guy, another guy that was, I don't know if you saw in some of your leagues available on waivers kind of mid season was doing absolutely nothing banged up a little bit, but now they're, they're spreading the ball around. Yeah. They're, they're an offense and they're a team um, that's I think poised, you know, they get to play in a dome this, this time of year, which is, which is really great. Even Pollard getting signs of life out of him the last two weeks. So I think the offense is starting to really, really come around. After Seattle, they go Philadelphia, Buffalo, Miami. There you go. Whoo! Shootouts galore. <laughs> Potentially. Uh, the Giants on by this week. Just not anything happening here. Not even beyond Saquon Barkley, pretty much including Barkley. Another guy, do you have to play him? I mean, you, you probably have to be pretty good to not. Not this week. He's off this week. But um, another one of these Barkley seasons, like maybe two years ago. Was it where just, yeah, it was two years ago. Last year they were in the playoffs uh, where you just don't really see the ceiling very often. Yeah, the way you felt about 
ETN at the goal line is the way I feel about Barkley. Like you just know the whole world know. All right, it's going to Barkley somehow here at the two yard line, and he's going to just get eaten a lot. Sure enough, eight guys are all over him all the time. I think Barkley's too good and gets too much, uh, too much work, too much usage to not to not start. Um, I don't know who yep. they have coming out of the bye, but um, but yeah, it's just it's just gonna be ugly every single week with him. Philadelphia is super easy. I mean, you know what you're getting from everybody. Very consistent. One thing that might be interesting is with Dallas Goddard out, they really didn't replace Dallas Goddard. You know, it's just more different. I mean, Zacchaeus scores a touchdown in this yeah. game. You see more receivers in, in, in the mix. So um, I don't think it means much to go looking for uh, who's going to take Dallas Goddard's role because it's not going to be a tight end, it seems. Right, and Goddard might be back this week. He's, try, he's trying yeah. to play. He's vying to play this this week. Um, and if not this week, because they had the Niners, yes, Philly is in the Niners this week. They're thinking yeah. maybe ne- next week against Dallas. So, so we'll see how, how that goes. I'm glad they didn't put him on the IR. You get that one extra game out of him. The bye week really helped him there. So, uh, I held on to him in, in some leagues where, where, where I, I had him. Um, uh, but you, you're right. It's not, it, no one else, there's no other tight end worth, worth starting there. Um, Jalen Hurts gets there uh, with five touchdowns in this last game, but. You know, Devonta Smith, A.J. Brown all score, but don't have really big games. Um, you know, even even A.J. Brown fumbles and doesn't get, you know, doesn't lose the two points there, but we, we, won't, we, won't, <laughs> we won't go into that. <laughs> I'm not here to argue with that. Uh, another, this division is very predictable up and down. Washington steamrolled on Thanksgiving. I think you know what you have here with Washington, the way they spread the ball around. Keep in mind, I, I doubt many people are very confident in really anybody with Washington, but in the fantasy playoff, they've got the Niners and the Jets on the schedule there. So not great. No, not great. Howell's been fine. Howell's a nice replacement fill in this week, but it's interesting. He's going to, he's going to throw for, she's like top three in passing yards, maybe even number number one. And there's like no receivers that are having great, great years. Like they're all like wide receiver threes. So it's just kind of interesting the way they've, they've spread the ball around. Chicago, my question is not like what to do in terms of fantasy because, again, we know uh, Roshan Johnson, that's Ooh. a development from last night, really taking over the backfield, it seemed. But um, if you want you, a thought on, you might have a thought on him. You're big on him. And Justin Fields' future is the real question with the Bears. Yes. I mean, Justin Fields did not look great last, last night, um, but it was nice. Roshan Johnson looked good. He had four, four for 40 receiving in the first half. I don't know. If he had anything in the second half, um, but he looked, he looked explosive, looked good. I think when Foreman gets back, Foreman will take over that role because I think he's just a rock solid running back. But Dynasty, you might want to kind of kick the tires on Roshan. Maybe you can get him as a throw in in a trade because I really think that he's the best back on the team long term. Um, but yeah, Fields is going to be interesting to see what they do. They're going to have a top pick uh, somewhere up in there, I think. Um, and so yeah, they, too. Yeah, are they gonna are they gonna move on? Are they gonna stay with Fields and and give him some weapons? That'll be interesting to see what they what they what they think. Chicago's backfield for me this year has been that shell game where you have the three shells and the ball is under one of them, and the three <laughs> shells are Foreman, Johnson, and Herbert. And you know, you just somebody does this. Like Foreman was a healthy scratch early in the season, but then suddenly he's awesome, and then you know uh, Herbert goes away, he comes back, but it's Roshan Johnson. Yeah, just like they, they keep moving that ball around with the. Uh, Bears backfield. Detroit, Jared Goff is starting to wobble. Not hurting his skill guys too much, but uh, I think the ceiling is lower across the board on the Lions, unless he turns it back around. 
Yeah, he didn't need to turn it back around. I know he's much historically, maybe it's just with the Lions, he's much better at home than he is on, on the road. I know he averages on at, at home over two a little, slightly over two touchdowns a game at home. So it would be nice to see um, you know, some of that has probably has to do with the, you know, obviously being at home and obviously playing in a dome and bad, bad weather is always nice for that. Um, but his schedule isn't too hard. He only has one bad matchup. That's the last week of the year. And that's Dallas. And that might be a shootout. Uh, and that's in mm. Dallas in a dome. He's also at Minnesota in a dome home, you know, so I, I, I think they'll get back going new Orleans, Chicago, Denver, nothing scary on, on, on the schedule. And again, weapons galore. Jameson Williams is starting to look a little bit better too. At new Orleans this week, minus four and 46. So 25, 21, nice implied total on the road for the lions. 25 green Bay who beat Detroit on Thanksgiving. Jordan Love, some really nice moments in that game. Can you be optimistic here? Kansas City at home Sunday night, that defense has been good. I've, I've been a sort of a bull case guy when it comes to Jordan Love. It's gotten it's gotten harder, at least before the last couple of weeks, but guys need time and he's getting experience and maybe we're getting somewhere with him. I need to be so, no one's more optimistic about Jordan Love right now. I've got to Got a 5K team with Allen on a bye, and I'm just uh, love is my is my other option. Chiefs defense has been been really good, like you said. The weather, the situation, but you know what? They, they went from like, oh, this team's kind of ugh, to like, okay, these receivers are kind of Jaden Reed and Watson, and they're young, they're fast, they're explosive. Like, okay, we could see this kind of working here. For love's sake, I wish Aaron Jones was around because he's a much better passing back than Dylan. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think loves getting a little bit better as the season's gone on. And so is, has his receivers. I had to look 40 degrees Sunday in green Bay, cooler at night. Right now it's only 19, but as long as it doesn't rain, no rain. We'll be, we'll be all right. We, we have not had snow yet where I live south of Buffalo. Yesterday was the day big, the thunder snow. I mean, maybe a foot or more in some places, but just. In the city and up, it is literally, we've not had one day yet as we approach December where we wake up and there's snow on the ground. It's really strange. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I, I agree with that. Uh, Minnesota, the shine is somewhat off the uh, pastronaut after this <laughs> game last night. But, you know, I'm watching last night, really needing numbers from him is who he is, right? Like, at least he's going to sling it. And even with all those turnovers, they're not taking them out. There was never any thought for me last night of that. And he keeps throwing, not a high-scoring game, but I feel like that's why when you saw him get traded there, he does kind of have the style. And he's going to run a little bit too, where maybe he can save you if you have Hawkinson or Jefferson, now that he'll be a couple more weeks away. Apparently, they're on bye this week. Yeah, that's I always find it interesting, man. How can you come in and not know anything about the offense and be good, and then you know everything about the – well, not maybe not everything. It's only been a couple weeks, but – and you just look horrific um so interesting how, how that stuff happens but and that's one of the coolest nicknames ever is the pa- the pastronaut by the way um but yeah it, it, you just hope that they, they were talking about maybe benching him last, last night the coach was non-committal moving forward i think they're going to stick with him but um but yeah get into that bye week come on out and get justin jefferson the ball it's all we need uh, did you get any jefferson teams through mike i don't think so did you I did get one, but I, I don't even rem- I don't remember if it was a, a third or a fourth seed. So that is going to obviously not be helpful. If it's a, but if it's a one seed or a two seed and I can get into the race with them with him, that would be awesome. 
I have a couple of cup teams, but not uh, not Jefferson. I don't think so. Atlanta wins. Bijan Robinson looks great. They mix in Tyler Algier, Cordero Patterson too. Any interest in Patterson? You know what's funny? I was just uh, texting some buddies about waivers and stuff, and I'm like, man, are there, am I missing anything? Are there anybody? Because again, in the, a lot of these tournaments, everyone's locked that have, that's been dropped. Like, is there? Any dumpster diving we can do at the running back position, and the only running back I'm seeing is Cordero Patterson. Like that's the only guy that's available, like everywhere. They're like, okay, I could see that dummy of a coach like getting him more involved or something. I mean, Bijan had his best or second best game of the year. His utilization didn't didn't go up. It wasn't great. He still was under fifty percent of the carries and all that stuff. So he's just amazing. And when he gets the ball, he's really good. So Patterson's a guy. He's an injury away from one of these top two dogs, Algier and Bijan, of getting a much bigger workload. So if you got a couple bucks to spend and a roster spot to fill, although it's hard this time of year as I go off on a tangent with the roster spots because you want to carry two defenses probably. You want to carry two quarterbacks. You want to carry two kickers. Like There's not much room for Cordero Patterson on a lot of these rosters. That's right. You cut like wide receiver six maybe. You cut a Jerry Judy for him if you feel like maybe there's a chance. Sure. Um, You could do something like that, but – he looked great, I thought, too. Patterson, he's, yeah. he's got that explosive style about him that maybe uh, you get lucky if you end up needing him and playing him. Carolina, what a disaster. Frank Reich is fired. Adam Thielen goes one for two in that game against Tennessee. I thought they only threw the ball to Adam Thielen. Well, then Frank Reich deserves to get fired. One for two, come on. Uh, two. I will never say that about my old friend, Frank Reich. Okay, so many childhood memories uh, from, my, from my guy, Frank. But he... Yeah, I mean, I don't know what's going on with the with the <laughs> with the the ownership and the coaching and what they what quarterback they wanted and the scouting and who they ended up with, but it's been a cluster there like all off season. I don't think Frank Reich was a fan of Bryce Young, not a fan, but I don't I don't think that's the quarterback that he he wanted. And I think from there it's kind of been all all, all downhill. New Orleans loses in Atlanta. We'll see about Chris Olave's status. He leaves that game early, but not too early. He put up a monster first half. Could have had an incredible game. Could have been a 200-yard game for Olave with their losing in that game if he had stayed on the field. So he's he's big. And now if you're looking for waiver darlings for this week, by the way, I mean, Olave's probably out. Shahid is out, I think. Who's left? Jawan Johnson. If you guys can find – and Jawan Johnson starts heating up in the second half. He's a guy that Carr was in love with in the preseason, told his brother to draft him in fantasy football. Injuries, mm-hmm. it didn't it didn't quite happen, but now they might have another option. They might have to throw Juwan. So Juwan Johnson's available. Go grab him. Maybe what Kirkwood? Like what's out? I mean, some receiver there is going to have to get these catches. Speaking of receivers, real quick, one team I have on, as a two seed with Justin Jefferson, fantasy pros moving through. I have another one where I'm a three seed and I got a win to get Jefferson through. Getting Jefferson through is exciting this year, not gonna lie. It is, and part of that is because of the two-three turn. Like, who did you right. end up? Who, who were the picks there that paid off the best? Uh, let me see. I can tell you one of the one of the <laughs> right. Like, who, who's I've on got, that? Who's on those teams that you also won with? That might J- not have been amazing. J- I, have, I have I have Jameer Gibbs on that team. I've got Hall of Famer Mike Evans at the five-six turn or the whatever mm. whatever turn that was. Kyron Williams naturally. Cortland Sutton, who I don't who I. Couldn't stand. This might be my only Court, Cortland Sutton team. Like the guy just scores every single week. Um, so that's kind of really been it, you know. But uh, Reese Hall hasn't done much. But 
Speaking of Evans, I mean, two more touchdowns for Mike Evans. Good for you. If you took the plunge on him, maybe Great. four or five turn, or maybe that was. Yeah, one, two, three. Yeah, yeah, four, four, five. Yeah. For, for that team. And I mean, I, I, all these older guys, I almost always stay away. And that you win and you lose, right? You you lost on McCaffrey if you stayed away from McCaffrey, but you might have won on Eckler. And you lost on yeah. Evans because it's just it keeps happening. Yep. No, I get it. It's just no right, no, no rhyme or reason. And you know, he's gonna he's on pace, Mike, for the best year of his career at this age with Baker Mayfield, their quarterback. Like somebody making it make sense. Arizona dominated by the Rams. They're at Pittsburgh this week. Kyler Murray held in check. Did have a short touchdown run, but really didn't run in this game. Might have only been the one time. Uh, Trey McBride, though, still popping. That's super exciting. Very exciting. Young, up-and-coming guy. Um, and here this year to stay, I think, for sure. Um, I didn't get to see much of this game. I was locked into another game at 4.30. Uh, Bill's game. Uh, Bill Bill's Eagles. And uh, so I didn't get to see much. But, yeah, the fantasy stats were not there. We need Kyler to get back on track this week. Kyron Williams. RB1, I can't take it. I know you have him on that team you just listed, but just the ultimate example of how it doesn't matter what the community thinks as much as it matters what the team thinks. Oh. And, man, like, McVay will tell you, and he has. Kyron Williams, when he's back, he's playing, and, man, that was the case. RB2 in points per game behind Christian McCaffrey? Like, just so, so crazy. Um, His team isn't even good. I know it doesn't make any sense. The player's but, not good. The team's not good. Buddies are RB two. It clicks for whatever reason. It clicks because is he? We've we got we watched them without him for five weeks, and nobody was as good as he was. Now maybe he's better than the two guys that, are, that were there before, which is most likely possible because they aren't very good either. But it's just it doesn't make any sense. It's just one of those things, man. And then you get other guys that just can't figure it out and can't stay healthy, and who knows. San Francisco at the Eagles this week, a favorite on the road, by the way. Uh, similar to the Pittsburgh question, Ayuk, Debo, and Kittle, how do you sort of feel having any of these three guys on your team right now? I think Ayuk has got to be the number one, right? Yeah, Ayuk, you you love having them all. Uh, Kittle is always way more hit and miss than all the rest of the guys are. But I think the cool thing about having these, like, underlying metrics and advanced analytics around these days is you know that like if you're if you're in as deep as we are you know Ayuk is the receiver against man and Debo is the receiver against zone and teams that play heavy zone Debo kills them and vice versa I think they played Seattle on -hmm. Thursday and that was a heavy zone team so Debo smashed but Ayuk also got there too because he's just that good and the offense is that good so I like starting all those you're not benching any of them um, but you're just looking for those kind of metrics, maybe for DFS, maybe for over-under parlays, that type of thing of the man versus zone to type of stuff. But you like starting them, especially against the Eagles. Eagles pass defense is worst against quarterbacks. I mean, I'm looking at Brock Purdy having a monster game. This 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 could be a fun game to watch. Seattle to close with. This team is such a bummer. I, know. I mean, so many players to like, but nobody ever really has a really good game with Seattle this year. Uh, just Easily overmatched against the Niners at Dallas on Thursday night. Do we get what we want in this game from the Seahawks? No. Like, at least it's – did you say it's in Dallas? Yes. Yeah. Which yeah. is bad because you're away from home. But also, I'd rather play in a dome than play up in that Seattle, maybe cold and rain. But probably not. I mean, they just haven't been – they haven't been – Geno hasn't been good. 
and DK Metcalf's been dropping balls when he shouldn't be, and Lockett's been banged up all year. Like, uh, you know, they've done. Is, is Charbonnet starting this week? Do we have? Uh, well, maybe. Uh, I don't know what's new on that as we talk here early on Tuesday, but the Walker injury sounded pretty significant and yeah. short week, so maybe. But you know, let's let's see the guy actually show, right? right. Charbonnet. I mean, everybody loved him coming into the league, and just we're not getting those highlights from the Seahawks from anybody. Way too much talent on that team to not be putting up big, big weeks. I mean, he's, uh, I think he's like QB 18, Gino is. Like, man, you can't be QB 18 with all, with all those weapons. That's, that's a guy I just really couldn't get to this summer. I just so often, you know, it's a stack and a best ball draft or something, sometimes sure. But I just could not accept Geno Smith as like really good and prolific and on the Seahawks who for years we've just sort of condescended to about how they're just behind the times. And I mean, it's kind of been right, but it's a bummer thinking about these other, these receivers, JSN, all of them, Metcalf, like just come on, let's see, let's see a big week lock it from somebody. Good of me to mention the names of those players. If anybody watching or listening didn't know who I was talking about. Maybe they'll be forced into something this week. You know, maybe they'll be forced into a shootout. Let's see. Turnovers. I don't know. I'm not, not, Feeling it when it comes to the Seahawks. Okay, please, uh, if you would, take a moment, like, subscribe, follow, all of that on Twitter at DeepEndFF1, where you'll see links to our shows, maybe ones you've missed. Adam underscore Krautwurst at Talk for me, S-C-H-O-P-P-T-A-L-K. All right, any final thoughts? That's it. Let's go. Uh, let's go make some money this weekend, Mike. Week 13, it's big. Glad, uh, glad to have you today. Thanks for being with us, Mike and Adam. See you next time in the deep end. See you guys. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all of this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.